Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So Katina has got an article for us today. Very excited to hear what it's about. Want to give us a sneak preview? Yes. So this article is about the role that worrying the night before work has on your feelings of exhaustion the next morning, um, as well as the role of planning on your feelings of being energetic going into the next morning. So it's sort of this like bad worry, good planning. How does Hmm. it end? We don't know. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Okay. I kind of feel like you... It's Monday right now, so yeah. When you said worrying, I was thinking like Sunday scaries, like it is Sunday like nights. That, you they think about it too much. A, they do talk about that um, in yeah. the article because it's relevant. Any night before you go into work, you can have work worry in the way that they're talking about. So Sunday Interesting. counts. Interesting. Sunday yep. counts. And I feel like just based on social media, so this is not a scientific poll, (laughs) but people seem to be very upset about work on Sunday nights. Yeah, I think it's a real thing. I mean, I think that everybody's just like, boo. And also, you know, if you don't have enough time to like properly recover over the course of the weekend, then you can be like, but no, I'm not done yet. I'm not ready. No. Yeah. I definitely think it's an I'm not ready feeling more than anything else. Yeah. Like you're not feeling like, oh, that weekend was so refreshing to me. And now I'm like ready to like pop into my work week with like (laughs) all this energy. You're just like, I need more time off. I need to recover more. Yeah. That's very true. Well, how was your weekend then? It was good. Um, I had all my friends from, well, not all, but uh, a handful of my friends from college come to visit for the Villanova Georgetown basketball game that was in D.C., So, um, Mm. yeah, so, uh, my roommate from college came down and, uh, my other friend who actually lives in DC, but I don't see as much as I wish I did because both of us are very busy, but, um, they came and stayed over Friday night and then Saturday we went to her apartment. She has this like, uh, new apartment. I've been to her old house, but I hadn't been to her new apartment yet. And her apartment is like in this like beautiful new building down by like the wharf area in DC. Mm, nice. So yeah. So we went there for brunch and she like showed us her like beautiful, like roof deck. I don't know. It was like this like ridiculous building. It was awesome. And then we went to the game and then we hung out, got some dinner and then just came back to the house and hung out on Saturday. And then we got some brunch down by the water in Alexandria. And then my friends headed out and then I just like crashed for a while. Um, and then ended up doing some work later, but, uh, took some time to take a nap and such <laughs> naps are good naps are yes. good yes everyone these days it feels gets up earlier than me like mm. on the weekend like I don't get up that early mm-hmm. and I think that I should do it but I no. just don't really and so like but a lot of times, like, it happens every time Brennan and I have people stay with us. Like, they're always up before, before we are. Like, everybody's always like, but it doesn't matter, like, how late we stay up. They still get up earlier than me. And I'm like, well, why am I the one that, like, needs the greater sleep? We don't know. But I am. I think it's because, generally speaking, and knowing you, you are more of a night person. And so I yeah. think you sleep in more. Even though during the week you wake up relatively early, I think you still wake up later during the week than most people that's true that's true 
Yeah, because I don't have to be in a place like consistently at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I can have a little more control over what my schedule looks like. Yeah, exactly. So I think that everybody else just is on a schedule that they wake up at a certain time and it's an earlier time. So even if you go to bed late, you just kind of your natural clock just wakes you up anyways. Yeah. And you slightly have a, you have a slightly later clock clock. than most people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that's probably right. But I was just like, ah, so like I woke up and I was just like, I feel like it's early. And then <laughs> when and then when I was by myself, I was just like, sleep. <laughs> so I went back That's to sleep funny. a little bit. But what did you do? We went to San Diego. We saw my sister and her boyfriend and her puppy and Fun. my uncle. So, yeah, we had a good time just visiting and hanging out. And then Danny had a lacrosse game on Sunday down there. So... Um, we had family time and going out time and then we had lacrosse time. So that's yeah. fun. It was fun. It was quick. It felt really quick. But um, one going back to the sleep thing, one good thing is that my sister, even though she's younger, is kind of an old lady and likes to go to bed early. So <laughs> I still got sufficient amount of sleep. That's good. Is this is San Diego look really hot right now? What's happening there? What do you mean? Is it hot? Like temperature wise? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's not that different than where I am. Um, okay. It's only three hours south. It's maybe a little bit warmer, but not dramatically. Uh, we gotcha. just went down there because Danny had that game, and we decided we were going to spend a couple extra hours or, like, really an extra day just hanging out since I haven't seen my sister since Christmas. Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, that so, is lovely. That was fun. I'm glad that you got to go to San Diego. I love San Diego. I mean, I... Love LA, but San Diego is like also a very nice place. It's like a good. It is. It's a good town. Yeah, San Diego's um quieter, you know. So it's yeah. it's nice. It's quieter. It's uh, it's a little bit easier to get around. So yeah, it's definitely like a it's a perfect vacation place. Like yeah, if somebody was to say, should I visit LA or visit San Diego, and I'm not willing to drive. I would say go to San Diego because L.A. is so big and can be overwhelming. And I love L.A. and I think everyone should come and learn how to love it. But it's not (laughs) like a relaxing city. Come and learn how to love it is like the worst (laughs) slogan you could come up with. (laughs) Like it's such a beautiful place and I love L.A. But come come and learn how to love it is definitely not L.A.'s vacation slogan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's just so much to do and everything can be... I mean, p- things are spread out. There's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a city to, that I think isn't easy to navigate for yeah, somebody that's never that's been. True. That's true. Um, I don't think that you know. It depends on how good you are at navigating new cities too. Like somebody that's like really not used to that or right. wants a calmer vacation, then San Diego is a better bet because you've got. I mean, both cities have great beaches, but in San Diego, it's it's just a much quieter vibe. It's a calmer vibe. You don't feel like. Oh, I have to go do the Hollywood sign, then go to the Griffith Observatory, then go to Santa right. Monica, then go to this, right. then go to that. And there's like so many things. That's um, true. So I think that San Diego is just a little bit of a calmer, like I'm going to go and escape a little bit That's vacation true. versus a city vacation. That makes sense. That makes sense. And even though there's bad traffic in LA, it doesn't bother us because we get an Uber and drive for two hours and talk to each other the whole time and think it was 30 <laughs> minutes and then <laughs> realize that the driver has listened to us talk for two hours and we're like oops <laughs> they're like I hate you guys just shut yeah. up for one second please <laughs> we, really, we really did not 
have any sense of time in that car. Mm-mm. No, no. It was we're, quite the, it was but quite we're, we're pretty good at that just generally yeah. when we're together, just talking and like getting <laughs> on a random tangents like we Two kind hours. of are right now. <laughs> so fine. That's true, actually. Um, how, how long have we been recording for? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> It's been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> now you know what the Uber driver felt like. Um, <laughs> not good. Um, yes. Okay. On that note, perhaps we shall transition to article. Yes. Yes. Tell me all the things. Name okay. the article, who wrote it, all the good things. Yes, I will do that. So the article is called Feeling Exhausted or Vigorous in Anticipation of High Workload. The Role of Worry and Planning During the Evening. And it's by Anne Casper and Sabine Sonnentag. And it was published in the Journal of Occupational and Organizational Psychology in 2020. So it just came out in this past issue. Ooh, nice. Yes. Fresh, fresh, fresh. So sounds super interesting. Tell me the things. What what are the things that we should know about this article? So I feel like we haven't really talked about worrying that much, which is what like Mm -mm. brought me to it. And I feel like I've been kind of like struggling with worrying lately. Um, So I feel I've been drawn to worry because Hmm. I keep like waking up in the night and being like worried about random things. Um, It's not like like tearing my my life apart but like I woke up last night I was only awake for like 20 minutes but like I woke up last night and I was just like huh and like I was feeling like stressed about whatever random house stuff I had like a work thing that ended up fine um but whatever so I feel like when I saw worry today I was like ooh worry so um basically what what I'm going to tell you though is bad so um what what's <laughs> happening to me is not good um Mm-mm. so um the idea is that um there are different ways that you can cope when you get home from work with the anticipation that you're going to have a lot to do the next day. So a lot of us have an anticipated high workload. When they go home, you know the next day you're going to have a bunch of stuff to do. And there's sort of like a negative coping strategy or a less adaptive coping strategy, which is just to kind of like sit and worry about it. And then there's a potentially more positive coping strategy which is to try to plan for your next day. Okay. So um, this article kind of set out to examine whether those two things actually have the relationships that people thought that they would with feeling more exhausted in the morning. So if you worry and you have a high workload um, that you're anticipating, um, are you more exhausted the next day? And if you are having an anticipated high workload and you are deciding to plan for it, they're thinking that you should have more energy or be ready to like jump into your workday the next day because you've like tried to proactively deal with the problem. So that's what they were Mm -hmm. interested in. Okay. I mean, I think that makes sense from a theoretical perspective as to what they're, they're saying. So worrying, got a lot to do tomorrow and I'm worrying about it or I've got a lot to do tomorrow and I'm starting to plan for it. So it's yeah. all about like thinking about all the things you have to do. Like I'm a person, for example, that will always look at my calendar the night before my, before the day, be- next day, not yeah. from a worrying perspective. Usually most of the time yeah. it's just uh, okay, let me look at the calendar. What am I going to be able to take some breaks? What's going on? Like just getting a sense for my day. And that's something that I always do. And I feel weird if I don't do it. Like I don't feel, it actually makes me worry more if I don't do it. If I look at my calendar, and just know what's coming. I mm-hmm. don't think about it anymore. Me too. I'm the same. Um, I like like to know what I'm doing, but I don't 
I do feel that I will plan for my next day. Like I'll go on my calendar and try to figure out like, okay, what do I want to get done? What, like, where do I have some free time to like fit in some extra stuff that maybe I wanted to get done, but wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get done. Um, so I think that I actually, but then I also feel like if I have a lot going on, I might also like worry about whether or not I'm actually going to get done everything I need to get done. So I kind of feel like Mm -hmm. I do both. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think I do both. When like the worry only sets in when I'm like I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it all, mm-hmm. so it sounds like same to you. Like I I feel like if I don't know if everything on my like I look at my calendar I've got meetings back to back all day and I know I'm not gonna be able to eat lunch until like 3 p.m. which is absurd and there's no time in between those meetings to like actually get any tasks done. Those are the nights that I'm like ugh right kind of worrying yeah but yeah. It, if I have a more normal schedule, then I don't feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the items that they asked people were things like, um, I worried about possible problems that I might have at work tomorrow. So it's, mm. um, and there were some about like, um, uh, like past events, uh, that were in the original, um, scale, but this one only captured future. So it's not, we've talked about rumination before. It's not like, I'm worried because today this bad thing happened to me and I keep replaying it. And I'm like, just worried that a bad thing happened. This is specifically about like, I'm worried about what's going to happen mm-hmm. tomorrow when I get to work. So it's very future focused. It's I'm thinking yes. about tomorrow, not about today, not about yesterday, not about last week, but I'm thinking about tomorrow specifically. Yes, exactly. That is correct. Um, so they studied this in a way that we have talked about a million times which is uh in a daily diary survey where uh, you take multiple surveys over the course of a day and then they're able to take a look at the timing of it so if you experience this first does this happen next and does that happen after that and you take those same surveys every day for two weeks and then they're able to look at across all those days do these things actually have a similar relationship to each other so um it's a very strong methodology and basically uh what they did was they gave um an afternoon survey at the end of the workday, a bedtime survey in the evening before going to bed and a next morning survey in the morning uh before going to work um and so they were asking people um to uh sort of rate these things uh across the course of the day so that the next morning um in the, in the afternoon, they're asking them about, okay, uh, tomorrow, how much do you think you're going to have to do? And then in the bedtime survey, they're saying, um, how much worry and planning are you doing? And then the next morning, they're asking them how exhausted they're feeling and how vigorous they're feeling before they go into work. Mm-hmm. So um, they're looking at the relationship between um, how much do you think you're going to have to do tomorrow and then, you know, how much am I right now before bed worried? How much have I planned? And then the next morning, how tired am I? So the questions for like exhaustion were things like, I just feel so, I already feel so tired before I even go to work. Um, mm-hmm. And the vigor questions are like, I'm going to work bursting with energy. I'm go- <laughs> is that anybody? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently it is. Um, I go- I'm going to work feeling strong and like, I'm looking forward to my work. Like, those kinds of questions as opposed to like, I'm already feeling exhausted. I didn't even get there yet. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I could see I'm looking forward to my work or something like right. that. I cannot imagine bursting the like with bursting with energy. Maybe that's just me in the mornings in general. That does not generally happen. I'm not like waking up and I'm like, wow, this is the best. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I guess there are some people out there like that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't know many of them. I haven't looked at um, the means carefully, but we could check and see like. Hmm, I wonder how many people actually experience this compared to the dread. (laughs) (laughs) Mean level of dread versus mean (laughs) level of happiness. Oh, wait, I can tell you. Um, The mean level of worry was 1.86 out of 5. Mean level of planning was 2.3. So more people plan than worry, which is interesting. Mm. Um, And for exhaustion, 2.59 versus vigor, 2.97. Whoa. So more, more people, people are, are feeling vigorous. vigorous. Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. What does that say about me? I don't know. We're like, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Like, I actually love my job. Yeah. And I love everything with worker being. So I really do enjoy all that. But I just do not like getting out of bed. Yeah. I think that's me, too. It's like, the. it's just like, it's not the, like, actual action of doing the work over the course of the day so much. It's like. Yeah, just like I don't wake up and I'm like, I'm ready to go like a little like Tigger or something like, I'm, yeah, like, a, I don't know. OK, well, looks like um, we're a little off. We got to do something. About that. <laughs> well, maybe uh, this is like such a tangent, but maybe they were asking it like after they've woken up and had like their cup of coffee or something like, yeah, if you were to ask me like. I've gotten up, I've had breakfast or something, then I would feel very differently than if you, if I wake up and like I felt the survey as I'm getting ready or something, then I would be not so happy with you. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to, um, it's not easily accessible to my eyes right now (laughs) what, (laughs) what the exact times were, but I don't see, a lot of times they'll say like, we open the survey at this time to this time and then they couldn't, you know, complete it after that. This just seems to say more vague like afternoon um bedtime and morning so i don't know oh no wait uh participants received the afternoon survey at 3 p.m the bedtime survey at 9 p.m and the next morning survey at 6 a.m see that's even worse oh, 6 a.m that's so early and they're still feeling vigorous well those people are better than me wow this is just really <laughs> fascinating <laughs> So anyways, we've learned something about ourselves along this journey of this article. (laughs) Oh, but they had until 11 a.m. to fill it out. Hold on. Uh, That's some variability there, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, if you asked me at 10 a.m., I would feel very differently than if you asked me at 6 a.m. You'd be so much more vigorous. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I could see that if I was really stressed out and worrying the night before, that by 10 a.m. I might be really over it and wanting to go to bed, too. So right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Usually the tight fr- the time frames are a little tighter. Um, so that's something kind of whatever about that um, study that maybe they could have done a little bit better is like you don't want that much variability in when people are. That's a big window, five hours. Yeah, um, but maybe like I also think about when do people start work? Like some people I know start work at eight, some people work at nine, some people work at ten. Yeah. So maybe there was some guidance like you should do it before you start to work. And then that's why the window was so big, just depending on your schedule. All right. We're getting way too into weeds of this. So whatever. But what did they find? How about that? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So interestingly enough, um, so the worry part of it, I think, is pretty straightforward. So basically, if you anticipate a high workload, um, you are – so 
if you're more worried, you're more likely to be exhausted. That's just true. Um, but the combination of anticipating high workload and work-related worry make your exhaustion exacerbated. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you have a lot to do and you spend time worrying about it in the evening, you are more exhausted in the morning, um, Mm -hmm. which is not super insane, but it does mean that worry is an issue that we need to pay more attention to. And something interesting is that they, um, also controlled for, um, psychological detachment, which is something we've talked about before, which is basically like, uh, recovery, like, de- uh, detaching from work. Um, and so, uh, it's aside from, um, recovery, there's nothing related to like, uh, the extent to which you're like doing work related stuff or not. It's, just solely like are you thinking about work so mm-hmm. um it's a, it's not even like i'm worried and i'm engaging in other work-related activities to try to like counterbalance or i'm trying to get work done in the evening um mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're disconnected or not if your mind is on work it creates more exhaustion in the morning yeah um, and if your mind's not just on work it's worrying about work so whether right. you're working whether you're watching you know, real housewives, whether you're at the gym, if you're worrying about work is what's going to lead to that exhaustion, not the um, actual act of working at night. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, The interesting thing is that planning doesn't have an impact on feeling more vigorous the next day. Um. So I thought that that was kind of interesting because as a person who feels like planning helps me, I was curious to learn that the amount of planning that you engage in when you have a high workload actually doesn't have an impact on how much energy you have the next day. So I have a theory. Yeah. I actually wouldn't have, like, I thought like, okay, it kind of makes sense that that planning would lead to being more vigorous in the next day. But Initially, when I was thinking about worrying and planning, I hadn't thought that because I was like, well, planning doesn't necessarily make me more vigorous tomorrow. It just makes me less worried mm-hmm. the night before. So I wonder, did they do anything to see like how worried versus how planned you are? If that had an impact, like the two things together, like if you're worrying and then you plan, does that help you feel less exhausted? Um, so what they basically looked at was like these two separate paths in their major, in their main model, which was like, they looked at the effect of planning on vigor and the effect of, um, worrying on exhaustion. So -hmm. they were kind of like two separate models in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, they, so I know that they, um, did some additional analyses around worrying and, um, What they basically did was they found that um, worrying, I mean, sorry, planning was helpful for people, but only when they got a full night of sleep the Mm. night before. So they sort of say that planning may be another form of not disconnecting. And so what they think is like, while you feel like you're like proactively approaching the problem and making progress, it's still that you're like doing work related things. Yeah. And so the idea is that, you know, it's still disrupting your night, even though it feels productive. And so it only helps you if you both plan and you replenish those resources from the fact that you like stayed connected to your work. Um, 
That makes yeah. sense. I think that's fair. I think that makes a lot of sense because I mean, how many how many studies we've we talked about where it's all about you know you need to detach, you shouldn't be doing work a couple hours before you go to sleep, like all of right. those things. Like we have so many um, articles that we've read and talked about on the podcast and written about on the website that the whole idea of fully detaching and recovering the night before is really helpful and beneficial. And now if you add in planning, while you might be calming some of the worry, it's still not that detachment. So you're still not. So like in your, in the ideal world, you're not worrying about it and you're not planning for it either. You're just kind of like doing your thing at night and then you wake up and then you're like, woohoo, work time because now you've had enough space from it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of what they, so planning wasn't effective on its own, but in combination with good sleep, it does seem to do something positive. Um, The other thing is that worry and planning do correlate positively. So the more you worry, the more you plan uh, Mm -hmm. to some extent. So to your point before, there is something about worry and planning. Um, But when they looked at whether it predicts anything, the two things combined in one didn't do anything different. Um, It wasn't significant. So Mm -hmm. basically the worry part, um, even if you're disconnected from your work, but your mind is there, it exhausts you. And if you're planning, it feels like maybe it cancels out because you're still, you're doing something productive, but you're still invested in work unless you replenish your resources. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So basically the moral of the story is, Um, Try not to plan unless you've got enough time to then disconnect fully still and Mm -hmm. get some sleep, take a break, do all that. So you want to make sure that if you're feeling really worried, maybe the planning might help you feel at ease, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know that's something for me personally. So it's okay to plan, but just make sure you're giving yourself enough sleep. If you don't have the time to plan before you go to bed, then go to bed. Just go to bed. Forget the planning. Just go to bed. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, that's exactly it. Okay, interesting. Okay, that I mean, I think that's fair because like my planning is very minimal. I'm just like keep going back to myself, but my planning is very minimal. Like my planning is literally just looking at the calendar, seeing if there's any other things I want to fit in somewhere and making sure I make that time like block it or something in the calendar. But yeah. that's pretty much it. Um, so it doesn't really impact my sleep. doesn't really impact my overall disconnecting and attachment from work. Um, I try to keep it relatively minimal. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I think if you were I, spending a lot more time planning, it would be really bad. Yeah, I think so too. And, and the way that they're, you know, asking the questions, it's like, you know, you spent, I think if you had spent a lot of time planning, you'd be higher on the scale but probably if someone asked you those questions, I don't know that you put yourself at a five. You might say like, oh, yeah, I did a one of planning or two of planning. You know what I mean? Like I did mm-hmm. some, but you weren't like spending your like night planning. Um, mm-hmm. It is interesting, though, because every Sunday night I plan my week for the upcoming week. And it's like a standing reminder on my calendar to like plan it out. And I wonder if that like adds to I mean, it doesn't do anything bad for you, but it doesn't seem like it's actually helping me. Yeah. Which is interesting. But maybe it's putting your mind at ease and reducing the worry that you would feel later that night. That's true. That could be true. So I think that there's probably a balance here, right? Like you should reduce your worry as much as you can. And if your worry gets reduced by planning a little bit, then do a little bit. Yeah. And get your sleep. 
but right. don't over plan. Don't get too right. into right. it that you're not detaching, but maybe, right. yeah, maybe if it helps you a little bit, reduce that worry. I think the goal here is just to reduce your worry as much as you can. Right. Yeah. Reducing worry is definitely the thing that they would say is the biggest takeaway from the article, because that's the thing that had the significant impact on exhaustion. So planning mm-hmm. doesn't have a negative impact. Um, it's just not effective in terms of making you more energetic unless you have sleep. But uh, the, there is an active negative impact on worrying when you have a lot to do. So um, mm-hmm. what are some things to do about worrying? Um, you know, I would recommend we talk about, um, you know, on the podcast and we have talked about before things that we know are meant to reduce stress. So, um, it may be good to spend a few minutes before bedtime trying to do some meditation or, uh, just close your eyes and clear your mind or listen to a mindfulness, uh, recording on your phone or whatever the case may be. Like those little things can help to, um, alleviate the stress, but also you might want to address the root, which would be what is the source of my worry? And is there anything I can do to actually change that source. So I think like everyone's job is going to have something that they're going to worry about. Like I think that Mm -hmm. that's normal, but if you're constantly in a state of worry, you may need to make a bigger shift. Like maybe your job is not structured in a way that supports your well-being, and you want to start looking for something else. Or maybe you need to have a talk with your manager about something, uh, you know, scheduling or tasks or your colleagues or coworkers, like trying to figure out what the root cause is, is also, I think beneficial. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because if you've got a lot of work, you've got too much work, then that means the job is not a f- well-defined in some ways, right? They're giving you too right. many tasks. You have right. too many things on your plate. And you can see if there's something that you can cut out or become more efficient in, but then it might be something bigger, like we need to hire someone to help or a coworker needs to lift a little heavier weight to balance out the workload or whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. I think there's a lot of things to think about there. And I think with the worry too, I think there's like some, some need to reframe because at least for me, there's a lot of times where I'll be like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I'm not going to be able to get it done. And then I always am fine. Like I get it done or if I don't get it done, it's not the end of the world. And I do it the next day. Like it's not dramatic. So I think that if, if that's the case for you, if you're like me, then it's probably helpful to reframe and think about the times where you felt that way but it actually ended up being okay and just trying to remind yourself that it's worked out fine in the past there's no reason to think that tomorrow is going to be any different than that so trying to just kind of refresh your memory of the times that maybe you felt the same way before yeah I think that's a really good point and and the article also talks about how leaders can do a lot better to empower people or make people feel empowered like if mm-hmm. you if your boss or your manager is like, you know, you have this, you can totally do this, like um, you're going to be great. You know, even if it's something that you can't avoid, like a big presentation or something that you're concerned about, whatever. You've got a huge, you know, a huge project to work on, big deadline coming up. If your boss or your manager can empower you to feel better about it, it may decrease the extent to which you're feeling that worried or concerned after work as opposed to like not having any support or feeling like you're like left in the dark on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So they also like call out for leadership to be able to, you know, make it more likely that people will feel like they're able to manage the workload. And then also that, you know, if there's unnecessary stuff that is happening while you're managing your workload, that you're actually, you know, attempting to get rid of things that people don't need to be doing 
um, as a manager and that you're not just making people like do work for the sake of doing work or make things harder than it has to be, which we wish wasn't the case with um, any managers. But we all know that, you know, some leaders are not good at that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, you can empower your people, let, you know, motivate them, make them feel like they've got this, you trust in them, you believe in them, it's going to be fine. And then also provide the support that if they have, maybe they have this huge project and big deadline, and you've got a little bit of extra time, so you can take on a couple of their tasks to help them out. Or maybe a coworker can, or maybe you can split it amongst the team because this one person has a lot going on that day. So I think it's really important as a leader or a manager to Think about the workload of your full team and make sure that you're distributing it properly so that Mm -hmm. you're not putting too much weight on somebody that maybe can't handle all of that. And so just being really cognizant of that and letting people know that they can come to you and talk to you if they feel like their workload is too high or they've got a lot of things that they're worrying about so that they can help you manage that. Right. So your managers really need to be helping their teams manage that worry if if it exists. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think the goal is to make sure that people aren't going home so stressed out or freaked out about what they have to do the next day that they feel a little bit better to tackle it. Um, and that if you're a person who is in a stressful job, you may be able to do some structural things to change that, or you may just need to do some things to get yourself to mentally detach, um, when you get home to make sure that Mm -hmm. you're not just, you know, spending all of your free time concerned about what's going to happen at work. Yeah, I love this article. This like makes me think about my own evenings and thoughts about work the next day. Yeah. So um, I'm going to make sure that I'm not spending too much time planning and (laughs) make sure that I am figuring out how to deal with worry in those days that I I am feeling worried. Yeah, I think that's a good takeaway. And I would like to do the same because I told you I've been having a little bit of a problem with worry. And I was like, sometimes you find stuff and you're just like, it was meant for me. So I'm happy that I found it. And now I can think about better ways of dealing with worry, which is good. Good, good, good. Well, I hope everyone else feels the same way. So on that note, we'd love to hear from you, love to hear your stories about worry and planning. And um, obviously, if you want to reach out and talk about the retreat or coronavirus fears or anything at all, you can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at workerbeing as well. And we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabara and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.